Super Talk Mississippi media production. This is Thunder and Lightning here on Super Talk Mississippi. Brian Haydad and Joel T. Coleman. Woo! With you, it is technically Victory Sunday. Yes, it is. It is, it is as we record now, twelve forty-six a.m. So we will have this out uh, hopefully within the hour. Thank you guys for tuning in wherever you get podcasts uh, over at supertalk.fm. Wherever you get podcasts from, we appreciate that. I learned where some people got some podcasts uh, on Friday because I put the wrong show up and I got a bunch of people, oh, this 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 platform's not right. This platform's not, I did all I could. You learn what Joe Moorhead, Joe Moorhead feels like whenever he uh, doesn't do his job appropriately. Yeah. I think there's probably a little less uh, hatred going towards me. Than, uh, Probably so. Than that, I feel because like you I'm, immediately corrected. I corrected. You, I, I corrected the behavior. You uh, you, you pointed the thumb, not the finger. I did, and immediately went and made those corrections. There you go. So Great. there it is. You might hear some mouth sounds on this week's show. It looks like Joel's about to eat some beef jerky. I will be much quieter than our good friend and yeah. Host. You could have said I would have waited a few more minutes. Well, I'm, I mean, you know, just saying. I'm going to do it when you're wrapping your jaws over there with your things that are true where people don't even know that it happens. Well, it's funny you bring that up because before I can say anything, I need to know from Joel Coleman, what's causing all that? Oh, what's causing all that, Brian? Actually, I think what you saw on Saturday, a lot of what you saw was caused by the Ole Miss Rebels. I just, I really believe that. I think that going into Saturday... All anybody was concerned with was Thursday. <laughs> I yeah, mean, you're right. And Joe Moorhead, to his ever-loving credit, even said post-game, when we started asking him about the Egg Bowl, you know, you said last week, Joe, that, that uh, you were singularly focused on Abilene Christian, and, and then he immediately interjected and said, I lied. I've been looking at Ole Miss. Yeah. Uh, as he should have been looking at Ole Miss. That, that's to his credit. That's, that's a good job by him. Um Abilene Christian is a team that State should have shown up and beaten even if State went at their best. State was not at their best, and they still won by 38 points. So, I say all that to say, I think you can attribute some of, of State's sloppiness early, some some of their, uh, I guess, I mean, there were moments of, of defensive mishaps. These guys know that they're better than Abilene Christian. You can't get up for that game. Look around the stands. Nobody was up for that game. Most of you literally did not come up for that game. And I'm not hating on you for it because if I wasn't paid to go to that game, I probably wouldn't have been at that game. Um, Nobody's excited about Abilene Christian. Everyone's looking at Ole Miss. So if State is a little sloppy out there, who could blame them? You know, I'm not trying to make excuses for them or anything, but... This season is is all, yeah, they had to beat Abilene Christian, but the season has come down to beating Ole Miss. It just has. And and so I feel like that a lot of the sloppiness that may have frustrated you at times, especially early on on Saturday, um, I I feel like part of the, you know, well, Joe Moore had admitted it, some of the coaching staff, uh, time has been spent looking at Ole Miss. Right now, this season has come down to beating Ole Miss. And I think that, that you saw some of that on Saturday. Um, yeah, you, you hope that Tommy's passing game is better against Ole Miss than it was against Abilene Christian. And you can, can nitpick it, and I'm sure we, we'll do that here in just a second. But what's causing all that this week? It's Ole Miss. All eyes were on Ole Miss Saturday. All eyes are still on Ole Miss. All eyes will be on Ole Miss through Thursday night. You're right. You just nailed it. It, it is. It has been all about – it really has been all about the Egg Bowl since the Arkansas game. Mm-hmm. Once that game was won and in the bag – you knew that it was all about 
what you did on Thanksgiving night yep. and taking it from there. So, well, that was what was causing all that. But these, what are you looking at? I had a spider web above me. Okay. Some extra Halloween decorations. I don't, I don't know about that. So. But these are the things that are true, and they are brought to you by the good folks over at College Corner, where it's true they have two locations in the Jackson area, over uh, in Ridgeland by Fleet Feet or in Flowood by the Half Shell. It's also true they have the biggest and best selection of Mississippi State merchandise available in central Mississippi. It's also true you can shop online at collegecornerstore.com and get great deals there. And it's also true that when you come to Starkville, don't want to wait, wait in line. You want to get to the junction. You want to get to the game. You want to get to the hump, to Duty Noble. Have that gear already on because you got it at College Corner. And uh, take care of that. This holiday season, get the Bulldog fan in your life something from College Corner. Ten or, things. Or, or Rebel. It is old. No, no, week. not this week. No, this week you can't you have can't you can't get them anything. No. Well, you can get it for them. No, no, get them no, on Christmas. No, no, you buy it next week. Okay. There will be no buying gifts of Rebels this week. If you married an old Miss woman on her birthday is this week, nothing. She gets nothing. You can she can get. She can do two things: get nothing and like and it. like it. And that's that. All right, number one. It's time to get your mind right. <laughs> All right. I want to say this right now, and I'm going to start. Have you seen Pulp Fiction? I. I mean, long time ago. Long time ago, I couldn't I've sit seen, here and talk about. I've it seen with it you, enough yes. that I, I, I'm familiar with it. But there's a lot of people out there who are saying, you know, oh well, I'd rather see State lose and. That way they can just move on from Moorhead, and you know, even if State wins, oh God, but that's that's pride talking. You're gonna feel a lot better on Friday if the Golden Egg is still in Starkville. I promise you that. All right, I get what you're saying. I understand where you're coming from. I really do. But you will feel better about your life if State wins this game. Now, if you're an Ole Miss fan and you're listening, you won't feel better. Well, that's just your cross to bear. I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> but everybody talking about this, that, and the other about with Moorhead in this game, you do not want to see Matt Luke holding that trophy on Davis Wade Stadium for the second time. You do not want to see it. You can't convince yourself enough that you don't want to see it. So get your mind right. It is Egg Bowl week. You know, you know, we'll have our minds right here on Thunder and Lightning. I feel like we do a good job on this show of not, you know, lecturing you guys and telling you guys how to think and all that. I, kind, and kind I'm of not deal. telling you, you got to come to the game. Yeah, I'm not telling you. To, well, but I, I am telling you right now, you will feel bad if Ole Miss wins. Yeah, and I think you're exactly right. Where I was going with that is, if you're a guy or a girl that's sitting around hoping that Joe Moorhead's coaching somewhere else in 2020, well, you can still hope that, and State still win the game, kind of deal. Like you just. I think my advice, kind of like what you're saying there, is let State win the game and then let the chips fall where they may at that point. I feel like if State wins the game, then Joe Moorhead is safe. And I don't want to say all is well in the world, but all is kind of close to well in the world at that point. But, but yeah, I'm with you. I'm with you. I don't, I don't know how anybody that would proclaim to be a State fan could root for Ole Miss to – and Matt Luke to tote that trophy around Davis Wade. I exactly. just I don't know that, that 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 fits. Exactly. All right, number two. What's done is done. What's done is done. This season is what it is. All right. It's a, it's a, they've underachieved. They've underperformed. That that they're not fun to watch. It's 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 a big big ball of questions. You don't feel good about anything. That's fine. What's done is done. 
if if you don't buy into anything else Joe Moorhead says, buy into the idea of the one game, the one week season, and be one and zero this week. That's what you want. What's done is done. There's no getting around that. All right. At the end of the day, just just for the recruiting purposes, for the practicing purposes, you want the bowl streak to continue. The only way to do that is to win. And you know what, Brian? Mm-hmm. If they win this week and they're six and six. Then really, if you go back to some of our earliest conversations about this football season, mm-hmm. they're only one win off of what we thought they'd be. Really, anyway. yeah, yeah. I mean, we both predicted eight and four, but, but I think we built ourselves into that. Yeah. At one point, I think we were kind of saying seven and five. Yeah, we were. And so we, you're only one win off of, of what you said. Uh, that of course, I guess you could say is the Kansas State game right. because I mean, at that juncture, you could kind of look at Tennessee and think they may be better, and it's on the road yeah. and. Um, yeah. So, so really, if State wins this game, they're not all that far off from what a lot of folks thought they would be. From, back from in a June. strictly numbers standpoint, yes. I would agree. Now, yeah. from, yeah, now from, from an eye test standpoint and all that, I, I get it. I get it. A bit. I get it. But if you win this game and you're six and six and you go bowling, uh, probably against some team that isn't worth a crap, and you can beat them too. Well, I mean, State's not exactly well, worth that's true too much too. of a crap. But it's uh, it's probably going to be a team that you have a chance against. Right. Is what I'm telling you. So you could. Realistically, finish the season seven and six. Yeah, and if you did that, and I know it's still a lot of ifs, isn't anything a guarantee with this bunch? No. But if you finish seven and six with the golden egg and Starkville, I don't know how you don't at least sit back in the off season and think I'm still not sold on Joe, but I'll give him a chance next year. Right, and 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 next year is going to be. We'll talk about this a little bit more, but it's either going to be better or get out. It really is. So. I, I don't. I don't know. I don't. I don't. I don't. I, don't, I think right now, MSU fans, the 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 smart long term play is is. I'm not saying. I'm not saying. That I think Moorhead's going to be successful. I'm just saying that the idea that losing this game is good is bad. That 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 idea is bad in my opinion. Um, because you know, like I said, at this point in the season, you're five and six. It's a, it is a one week season. It, it literally is. The one week season is finally, you know, I, I I didn't like the idea of the whole the whole season long. I thought it was a little, little odd. Yeah. But now it's it just is what it is, and what's done is done. Number three, Tommy Stevens does not look like a player who can capitalize on the on the poor Ole Miss pass defense. Ole Miss's pass defense is awful. It's really really bad. But he was not good on Saturday night, um, and he's just been inconsistent. He's had the health issues, obviously, but. When, what, what are his best games? Louisiana, not good. Southern, first half, Southern's not good defensively. Arkansas. Arkansas. Yeah. The worst team. Arkansas is the worst team State's played this year, and they just played an FCS team, a bad FCS team. But I think that I think Abilene Christian could make it interesting with Arkansas. They could punch with them for a while. But Stevens, and that Arkansas team nearly beat A&M. Wow. Yeah, and it, had, it was only down seven to Ole Miss. Uh, and and it was a late touchdown there, but with Stevens, it's just it's just so inconsistent, and I, I just don't think that it's going to be an, an the, the the real game plan should be Stevens comes out there and, and hits some passes, and and that's how they you know they loosen everything up, and the run game can take over. I don't know that that's going to be the case. I mean, he was one for six at one for seven at one point tonight. If you take out the big play. He's like I think he's I think it's twelve for twenty six for eighty eight yards or something like that. Heck, he's turned into Nick Fitzgerald lately. Not that great with his arm. 
And his legs have been doing some do, damage. Doing some more 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 damage with his legs, yeah. Yeah. You're no, you're not wrong, you know. But number four is I think Stevenson Hill can be successful against Ole Miss's run defense, which is actually not bad. Those two together are a good enough tandem that I think they can they can move the football. I don't mean to stop you here, but let me go back to Tommy one second. Well, we're still talking about Tommy. We don't Tommy's have to Tommy's Saturday. He was not great, but mm-hmm. he was hindered greatly by the fact that... We'll just let, let's let that... Okay. Man, we're we're going to get okay. to that in just a minute. I, I, I'm glad you... Okay, go back. Go right. back. They can run the football. They can Ole run Ole. the football on Ole Miss. They really can. Uh, uh, Ole Miss this year, they're much better defensively. Now, granted, they had they literally had nowhere to go but up. They were the worst defense in the country last year. And they got a real coach. We were talking about Wesley McGriff tonight. This guy might act. We might have actually undersold Wesley McGriff. He might be the smartest person that ever lived. He left a job for another job. Got paid close to three million dollars to be at that job. Who did he coach? Twenty. He coached two years, right? Seventeen and uh, and eighteen. I think that's right. He got one point two a year, so he got two point four million dollars. Gets fired from that job and then just goes back to his old job like he never left. So he basically got paid to take a two-year sabbatical and make $2.4 million. Guys, that's not working harder. That's working smarter. We, we've sold this guy. He's, he's a genius. Can you imagine, <laughs> imagine Joel just walking away from your job right now and then going somewhere and you know basically making I – mean, I don't know what he made at Auburn, but I will make an assumption that he made at least six times more than what he was making at Auburn. So you imagine leaving your job at Starville Daily News, going to work somewhere else, for six times what you make right now, doing a terrible job, getting fired, and then you just walk right back into the Starkville Daily News like you never left. That's genius. <laughs> Wesley McGriff is is a genius. He's, what, he's, is he back making what he made before at Auburn? I'm sure, I mean, not that it really matters. I'm sure he is, but even if he's not, I mean, how much is probably not a huge difference? And he made $2.4 million. He, he made He changed his life going yeah. to Ole Miss. He went from a guy who, you know, not that assistant coaches are, are, are living paycheck to paycheck, but you know, they're just they're making good money, relatively speaking. They make. But a now lot he's less. got yeah. he's got two point four million. It's genius. <laughs> Back to Ole Miss though. But that said, their their defense mirage is not the right word, but they're not a dominant defense. They're they're not a very talented defense, and State can run the football on them. You know the reason that. Their 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 best the their the worst games they've had have been against teams that want to pass. Uh, you have uh, Alabama, Alabama and LSU obviously threw the ball all over them. Cal threw the ball all over them. Memphis was able to throw the ball on them. Um, so yeah, I mean, couple that with the fact that Kylan Hill is running for a hundred yards against everybody, save for yeah Auburn, Bama, and LSU, right? Yeah, well, uh, Tennessee, Tennessee, Tennessee he had a bad game against Tennessee. Yeah. But everybody had a bad game against Tennessee, so I don't know how much to put on them. So, speaking of Colin Hill, he's number five. Uh, he he might be MSU's best all time back. Might if, be if he stays another year, he will be. In terms of talent, I think he's number two behind Norwood. I think Norwood was the most naturally talented guy. But the the production you're getting from Colin Hill is is good. He, he hasn't he has a chance to. What does he need? Do you know if he if he goes over hundred to, to be the the all time single season rushing leader? Uh, Dixon had like thirteen. 1380 or yeah. 1390 something like that and uh-huh. and Kylan has 1215 right now. So he's probably he has a well he I mean if he, if state wins the game and he gets a bowl game he's going to break that. Yeah, because he's probably going to get over 100 against Ole Miss yeah. and then there's a good chance he's going to get close to 100 in a bowl game. He can't I don't think he can be the SEC's leading rusher because 
The other two guys in the competition with him, Swift and Edwards Hilaire, who, I don't know if you noticed, jumped from third to first tonight. Uh, but they have the extra game. They're going to play in the SEC championship game and then play in a bowl. And in, in, both, in LSU's case, might get two extra games. Yeah. So probably not going to be the all-time or not the SEC's leading rusher, but he has a great he has a great chance to break uh, the SEC, the uh, single season record here at Mississippi State. He, he he can do it all. You saw it on the pass play. I wish State would make him a bigger part of that, uh, but they they just haven't for whatever reason this year. He, he had a funny stat line that you pointed out to me: three catches for eighty four yards. The long was eighty eight. <laughs> the other two catches didn't go anywhere, but. Joe Moorhead's tenure to me is sort of defined by Kylan Hill. Last year, not getting him the ball enough cost them games. And this year, I don't think they've got him the ball enough, to be honest with you. I think, you know, from a running perspective, yeah, but he could have been doing more. He could have been doing even more. You know, the the inability to run your offense through your best playmaker has cost Joe Moorhead games. So they're sort of tied. They're linked, in my opinion. Yeah, I I, I wonder – if you put some truth serum in Kyle and what he thinks about his year this yeah. year, should does he think he should have been given the ball more? You know, it's tough. As good as he's been, it, it's tough to complain too much out of what you got out of Kyle so far this year, though. Really, um, I, I'm with you. I mean, you could he could have been a little more active in the passing game, I guess. But it's been a really, really dang good year for Kyle. And I think if I'd offered you the year he's having this year before the season kicked off, you'd have said sign me up. Right. No, you're probably not wrong. Probably not wrong about that. All right, let's see here. Number uh, six. Stephen Guidry is one of the all-time busts at Mississippi State. I have no idea why he's still playing. I'll say this about Stephen Guidry. He can get open. He can get open. If he could catch, he could be an all-SEC player. But he cannot catch. Sort of like Lynn Bowden can't pass. Stephen Guidry cannot catch the ball. He cannot catch it. And yet they still keep trotting him out there. Like, at this point, anybody is better than him. I, I mean, it's great that he, he gets open, but I'd rather have somebody who can make the catch in traffic than somebody who can't catch a pass when he's open. I don't I don't know why he's still out there. I, I, I It's boggling my mind. I don't disagree. This is a game, this is one of those said. things that three or four years ago we would have been hearing about what a good blocker he was. That's why oh, you know, he's important to the run game. He's a good blocker. But I don't even believe that. I have no idea. You know, he th- he dropped one touchdown tonight. He had four drops in the game. He's just not any good. I don't know. Without no looking, I want to know. I'm, I'm going to make myself look this up, I guess. I want to know who the number two Juco receiver was in 2018 or 2017. Yeah, that would be interesting to see. So that what is that? Twenty eighteen class? Am I right? Yeah, because he would have right. played twenty eighteen. Yeah. So let's. I'll, I'm, I'm going to laugh really hard if it's a name that I know. If it's somebody who's like I know is good. <laughs> it's, it's, it, but but you have to think somebody on state's current roster right now can do a better job than what Stephen Gidry. One hundred percent, I would think that. All right. Oh. Here we go. Please be somebody. Please please. Be. Okay, I don't know who that is. <laughs> I have no idea. Jaron Wood Woodyard. Where did he end up going? He went to Nebraska, so probably not any good. But still, just not a good year for JUCO receivers, evidently, that year. like I'm not recognizing any of these names. Um, he's just bad. I mean, put somebody, why do you think they're, they're not putting somebody else out there? 
I have no idea. It's an indictment on the receiving core is what it is if you don't think somebody else is better than him. Anybody else is better than him. I would almost rather play two tight ends, play two backs, anything. Anybody is better than, than him. He's He kills you. I mean, if you want to be a wide receiver, I would think high up on that list is catch the football mm-hmm. for, for skills you would like them to have. You know, Austin Williams, he ain't a guy that gets a ton after the catch, but if you get it to him, he's he's typically going to catch it. Yeah. Kind that, of deal. Instead of there somebody who makes the catch and can't get open but makes the catch, then the guy who can't make the catch when he's open. Yeah. Gidry, Gidry's killing this team. He is he has legitimately cost this team. He would have been over 500 yards receiving three games ago if he caught his drops. And, and even when he does something good, like what sticks out in my mind and will stick out in my mind to him is the Auburn touchdown when you're down three scores yeah. and you finally catch shush one the and crowd. you shush the crowd. Yeah. It's just too much. Number seven. Talk a little egg bowl in these next few ones here. John Rice Plumley cannot beat MSU by himself. I wouldn't think so. He he can't do it. He has to get. It's it's not about it's not so much about Plumley. It's what the guys around him do. If 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 Ole Miss gets big nights out of Ely and Connor, and you know Elijah Moore makes some catches, states beat. They're going to lose. Yeah. But if you come out and you say, well, you know they they Plumley had a pretty good night on the ground, but they really limited it to everybody else. State probably wins that game. So. You know, Plumley Plumley is going to get his. He's going to get a couple of, of big runs. That's going to happen because it's happened against everybody. If it doesn't happen, then well, great. So, you know, state wins the game. But it's probably going to happen. It's what you do give up to the other guys that's going to that's that's going to hurt you. He's he is not Johnny Manziel. Yeah. He's not the guy who just can go out there and just destroy a team by himself. I know it was Abilene Christian, but state was encouraging from a run defense standpoint tonight. They were. They were, and of course, that, that that team was. I don't know what don't you take can too ta- much. Of, yeah, yeah, that's the thing. I don't know what you can take from that game. State has had three games in a row where you can't take anything. I can't take anything from the Arkansas game, the Alabama game. I really can't take anything from that, and now this. So I don't. I haven't seen State do anything that I, I consider noteworthy since they played Texas A and M. And that, that's weird. You know, that's a full month almost that I'm just like I don't know what this team really is. You know, I know they're not very good, but they're good enough to beat Ole Miss. Number uh, eight. Analytics tell us that Ole Miss is garbage. But the eye test tells us that they are better than Mississippi State. So we finally get to have that debate. Where's Mike Bonner when I need him? <laughs> and people saw, a lot of people t- uh, tweeted at me, some people texted me, that they had the, uh, the FPI up tonight and it had State as a 65% chance to win in the Egg Bowl. And that's because the analytics will tell you Ole Miss is garbage. They have, they may be the worst in terms of their wins, the worst four win team in the country. They've beaten an FCS school and then three Power Five schools, or not Power Five, three FBS schools that have won five games between them. Um, their two biggest offensive days came in complete garbage time. They were down fifty two seventeen to Alabama. They were down twenty eight to nothing to LSU. And then they put up some numbers. And they got back in the game with LSU. I'll, I'll give them that much. But let's not act like LSU was not on cruise control at some point and, just, and then had to snap it back on. To go back to one of our shows from last week, right. the, the, the difference is, and why everyone thinks Ole Miss might come to Starkville and win, is that Ole Miss polished their turds. Yeah. 
That's it. They they made the, the the losses to LSU and to Bama look really good with some late scoring. Uh, and and kudos to them at Auburn. They were in the game, you know, there there to the very end. So so their their craptastic game or the games that for state were craptastic and just kind of stayed craptastic. Ole Miss found a way to put some polish on them. So that, that's yeah. that's that's where the difference lies here. So I'm interested to see who what's right. Because, like I said, if I just watch Ole Miss play, I see Plumlee running up and down the field, and I see them playing with a lot of effort and energy. And I watch State, and State is not doing very much, and they don't look like they're really fired up. Now, especially tonight, because they, they weren't. They were not motivated to play that game. They knew they could win, and they were just trying to get through it. And like you said, with Moorhead, you know, he, he, he said they were already looking ahead to Ole Miss. My guess is that seeped into the game, the practices this week. You know, by the way, I just want to point out all of my things are true. But Joe Moorhead is a liar. <laughs> he came out and said he lied tonight. Are you a liar if you lied but then come clean? You're a repentant liar. <laughs> I think that's, that's how that goes. Yeah. I, I laughed. I chuckled when he's like, I lied. Yeah. We looked at him last week. My guess, he probably looked at him two weeks ago. So, so here's my thing. If he's still here next year, mm-hmm. and who does State have on the Saturday before the Egg Bowl next Alabama year? Alabama A&M. And like, when, are you, are you, when are we you, go into that are week, are you going to insult us? And, and he tells us that they're singularly focused. Can we call him out on it and be yeah. like, "You're lying to us"? He's going to be like, "Oh, we're blah 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 blah," and I'm just going to stand up like, "Really? Are 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 you really?" <laughs> be like Stewie up there, like, "Oh well, you know, write, write your novel." <laughs> so that's where I like Joe Moorhead because he would actually have fun with something like that. He might, yeah. Uh, number nine, a win and Joe Moorhead is back. Yeah. A loss, I think he might be gone, but it's not a slam dunk. Don't don't that that's the scenario. Everybody who's who's cheering for a loss needs to come to grips with the realization that it's not done if if he loses. He could lose and then get another year. And that would be just the the, the hurt would be a lot at that point. I think you know a win. A win is he's he's back regardless, and we're gonna talk a little bit more about that in just a second. But I don't know that it's a done deal. I just don't. You know, now there are people reporting it as if he, you know, he, they're, and they're not saying it's done, but they're saying he would be in trouble. And the people who are reporting that are people who are getting that from the university. That's being floated out there to you know to pass the smell test. I think the university did that hopeful that. I think that that was brought to brought to the, the forefront, hopeful that the reaction would be, oh no, definitely should get another year, and it turned out to be, heck yeah, fire him. <laughs> so this so may have backfired a little bit. So yeah, I, it's not it's nothing is for sure, right? Uh, there there are maybe ten people in the world that know the answer to this. There there are uh, there are some boosters. There's John Cohen. There's Dr. Keenum. They know what will happen with either scenario. I am not one of those people. I'm not privy to that knowledge. But to my estimation, and that's all it is, is it's a guess, it's not a done deal. It's not locked in, in locked up and written in stone that an Egg Bowl loss will cost Joe Moorhead his job. Well, if there's ever a point that it becomes where he's going to lose his job, mm-hmm. State needs to know before they tell him that mm-hmm. that they can get who they want. 
Yeah. Whether that's Billy Napier. You don't want another Stansberry situation. Yes. You, you, what you don't want is to fire Joe Moorhead and then get stuck with somebody that's worse. Yeah. Who, who's the offensive line coach at Clemson? Who's the Rick Ray? You don't yeah. want that guy. Yeah. Now that and said... So many people are so quick to say fire him, and then the question should always be, okay, who are yeah. you hiring? Look at it like this. When the last coach that State had to fire from an, uh, a, a, an unusual situation, because when Sharon Fanning, she retired. Yeah. All right. So they brought Schaefer in. Lamonis is just an odd situation, right? That doesn't count. You know, Mullen took over for Croom, but Croom, you know, had five years, you felt like that that's a reason. This is something unusual. Two two years, right? Stansberry was fired and he's resigned, retired, whatever. After a winning season, he gone to the NIT. He's your all time winningest coach. And Anybody looking at that program that had any real knowledge knew that with the next year, with Sydney gone, it might have been a little different. He might have had a chance to reboot and, and go again. But they made the move, and they weren't prepared to replace him. They didn't have anybody locked in. Now contrast that with what happened with Rick Ray. Rick Ray is fired, and within a couple of hours of that, Ben Howland's name starts getting floated as he's interested in that job. I will go to my grave, and if Scott Strickland's listening and he wants to confirm it for me, like we're having some some issues here. You're getting into this. But I will go to my grave believing that the the, the contract had already been signed by Ben Howland. They had him hired before they even called Rick Ray to fire him. Yeah, they didn't fire Rick Ray until they knew Ben Howland was coming. Until they knew he was in. Yep. you got to have the same situation. You have to have... Everything lined up with whoever the next guy is, be it Billy Napier or Bill Clark or whoever it is. And I don't know, you know, I'll put together a hot list if I need to. But you have to know that guy is coming because if you have to do a real search and you're not sure, you're going to have some backlash. Not not a whole ton of backlash. I'm not one of these people who thinks that you can't fire a coach after two years because, as I've said many times before, money talks. And you've, a coach who's making 750k at a Sun Belt school will leave for 2.5 to 3 million in an SEC school. That is just a fact of life. It's like Ric Flair. It's just a fact of life. <laughs> you want to wear these alligator shoes? <laughs> but it's going to happen. But you, I, you got to have the next guy lined up. Here's where this is different, though, than the last. I hate to call it the last search because we don't even know if there's going to be a search. Right. But John Cohen knew for a several weeks he was going to have to find a football coach yeah. and, and that dude had already made contact with Joe Moorhead yeah. had already you know or, or representatives or however you want to say had, it had, talked had to already Day, t- yeah, had yeah. talked to Brent they, they had lined all this crap he knew who on, was on his list and I'm going to say that when this season kicked off on August 31st in the Superdome John Cohen was not prepared for a coaching search no you know, I'm. This has probably been a little bit of a whirlwind, if I had to guess. And so you wonder how much. I don't know what you call it. Pre-search homework has been done here. You know, are they in a spot where they've reached out to it? Whether it's a Napier yeah. or a, have they done that yet? I don't know. And so I, I don't know. But my thing is, you better do all that if you're going to fire Joe. Yeah. You, you better make sure that you can get whoever you want. And if you hadn't done that then win, lose, or draw, you need to stick with what you got. Yeah, I agree. This is my opinion. I agree. But that leads me to number 10. 
And it's the most important one to me. That the problem is the pattern. And what I mean by that is this. So State beats Ole Miss, and they're 6-6. Six and six. And you say, well, you're one of these people who says, yeah, you can't fire a coach at MSU after going to a bowl. I can accept that. I accept that, that logic. But then you go 6-6 six and six again next year. When you went to a bowl, when, when do you when can is there a part point where you can say this isn't good enough? In your scenario, yeah, next year, that's when that's when you do. But then you've you've been to eleven straight bowls. Your coach has been to three straight bowls. You probably won the Egg Bowl for the third straight year, and you're going to fire that guy. So when do when when what's the when is the point where it's acceptable to fire a coach who is having historically more success than your program has ever had? Well, to me, we already think Joe Moore had underachieved last year. Yes. I think if he goes six and six this year, he he underachieved he again. He did. But it's close enough that you can't fire him. Yeah. And if next year you have Garrett Schrader, who'll be a sophomore, has some experience under his belt. Right. That defense that you've uh lost some guys for suspension and whatnot, that they're gonna get everybody to take their chemistry tests on their own and so everybody's going to play next year. You're not going to have all the excuses of suspensions and youth and things next year. So if you come out and pop another 6-6 six and six next year where it's obviously underachieving for three consecutive years despite the fact it's a bowl I think that's where you reach the breaking point to me. I, mean, I don't disagree. But you don't think that that would happen? Do you, I, I so, don't. Or do you think a state goes six and six this year and goes six and six next year that Joe Moore is still the coach in twenty twenty one? Because I don't. I won't be totally surprised if he is. I will be floored if state goes six and six this year, six and six next year, and he's still here in twenty twenty one. I won't be surprised. I just won't. It's 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 tough to pull the trigger on that. It just is. It just it just is. For me, anyway. I mean, I know what you're saying, right? But you hear, you've heard Morehead talk about. It. I mean, you, you hear Cohen talk about it all the time. You, you want to go bowl game, you want championships, you want. Yeah. But I mean, at that point, you're running on a. Tre- I don't even know if you're running on a treadmill. Yeah. You just. I think it's going to take an obvious. You, I think you have to miss a bowl before he goes. I do. I do. I really do think that. Now we'll see. I and I, I look. Yeah, I mean, I don't maybe, know. Yeah, I both, both of us could be wrong. I mean, I'm there's... not one of those ten people. I'm not. But just my opinion, I think as long as he's going to bowls, he's going. Because I do think that eventually, you know, when you have a quarterback like Schrader, who I, th- I still think is good, who played well tonight, I, I still think that eventually he'll 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 be good enough to drag you to eight or nine at some point if you put enough players around him. Which, I, from a recruiting standpoint, you're recruiting at about the same level as Mullen, but. That was good enough to win seven, eight games every year. And now if you've got a real good, you know, if Schrader is what we think he can be, that can be good enough by itself to win eight games. You're going to luck into it at some point. You're going to get a year where, you know, Saban is going to retire. It could be in 2021. And you could just find a way. So, I don't know. It's, it's going to, I will be surprised if, as long as he's going to bowl games, Joe Moorhead has ever shown the door. I will be surprised. That may be the case. Yeah. And, and if that is the case, then and, – and State may be stuck kind of where they've been the last 10 years anyway because that glass ceiling is hard to break through. But if that's the case, then, then you're just – what you're saying is you're content with always being to the middle lower tier. Yeah. And, I mean, if you're content with that and, and the leadership's content with that, well, 
and the fans are content with that, have at it. But look around at what was in that stadium tonight. I, I got a feeling if you get another year of this, man, nobody's coming to these games. I mean, you you can't just continue down this endless cycle and say, well, you're going to bowl games. Well, yeah, well, who's here to cheer that on? Right. I I just, I feel like there is going to come a point, and if it's next year after a second consecutive six and six years, there's got to come a point where you look around and you're like, this just isn't enough. No, I don't disagree with you. And I'm not saying that State will ever be an Alabama, but I think there is a point where you need to say six and six and going to the whatever the crappiest bowl is now, mm. Liberty, whatever. The crap counter's very high today. Yeah. Anyway, which, whichever one. There comes a point where the lowest bowl on the tier, that that just isn't enough. Yeah. This year it is. This year it's fine. Um, considering all the circumstances and stuff, you can get by with that this year. But I just don't think you can do that consistently and everybody just be, oh, it's okay. I didn't say people think it was okay. You just don't think. But the, the right people will think it's okay. We'll find out. Ooh. We'll find out. All right. Uh, enough of that. Let's talk about something important. Let's talk about something important. Put that coffee down. Coffee's for closes only. All right, let's find out who's getting the coffee. And when you're getting Starkville coffee, when you're getting coffee in Starkville. <laughs> there is only one kind of good Starkville coffee. And that's no right. Doubt. And that's at Strange Brew Coffee House. Of course, you can go over to Turn and Spoon Ice Cream as well because they have the best ice cream in town. So, I mean, it's, it's the two of the best places in town at one spot. You can't go wrong with that. Got to meet a Thunder and Lightning listener there today. I heard about that. They, tweet, they tweeted about it. Hi, Brandon. Well, there you go. Was it Brandon Walker? It was not Brandon Walker. <laughs> oh, thank God for that. Keep him far away. Every, uh, every day I thank Barstool Sports for taking that serial killer out of our, our mist. <laughs> uh, talk to Brandon tonight. Uh, anyway, Strange Brew Coffee House and Turnus Ice Cream. Uh, this holiday season, they've got everything you need. They've got the coffee. they got the hot chocolate. they got the mugs. they got everything. If you have a coffee lover in your life, and I do, and I have done a lot of holiday shopping at, uh, at Strange Brew, and it, Makes me look like a champ, so you should do it too. Uh, Stephen Gidry, I'm not going to give him any coffee. He'd drop it anyway. Drop it and burn himself. I'm, I'm, I'm doing him a favor not giving him coffee. No coffee for Stephen Gidry. I saw it. By the way, I'm not going to quote it on the air, but one of the all-time great six-pack posts happened tonight talking about Stephen Gidry. I suggest you, you, you look it up. You will laugh. You will laugh. Is it a six-pack remembers? It, I nominated it, it for the six-pack remembers. That's the first six-pack remembers I've nominated in years. But that one, I was like, that is, you deserve respect, sir. <laughs> I think it was a Pine Grove dog. Good job. Stephen Guidry, no coffee for him. No team for the SEC really embarrassed themselves. And, and, and how could they? So the schedule gets the the lack of coffee. The conference it office. Awful. It's just brutal. All right. AM Georgia was a good game. Tennessee, Missouri was a good game. And then everything else was just out and out crap. Now you can't do anything about LSU Arkansas. That's a conference game. You can't I, I can live with that. All right. But Alabama Sam I'm sorry, Alabama, Western Carolina, Auburn, Samford. These games were just brutal. Even State this game states this is brutal. All right. And I and I I hate I don't And who did Vandy play? East Tennessee. Something they blew them out. That yeah. tells you how bad that team was. So yeah, I just I don't know what the solution is. I'm not gonna be one of those guys that says you gotta get all your games out of the way or you can't play FC. I'm not gonna do that. But 
this was embarrassing. And it just it just sucks. So whoever's making the schedules over at the SEC office, you get no coffee this week. You show your face in Starful, you better bring your own coffee. We're not giving you any. Uh, nationally, I know, right? I'm just into things tonight. <laughs> my, my restless leg syndrome is, is cr- cranking up. I think it's touching the... Let's, That's see, probably, let's see if that worked. Yeah, it's better. Uh, but I got to go with, uh, as, as Richard Cross would say, Oregon. They, are, they blew it. They did. They, they had a clear path to the playoff, but they ran into Herm Edwards, who knows better than anyone that you play to, to win. win the game. I said on the show, I said, Oregon will win, but it'll be an ugly, nasty game, and it'll be dirty, and they'll muck it up. I didn't know that Arizona State was going to win. I, I I did consider Arizona State. I did not consider them hard enough. Which is that's why I got no one to blame but myself. You should always consider Arizona State. Uh, but Oregon now out of the college football playoff talk. Uh, so we're down to Utah, Oklahoma, and Alabama. So nobody cheering harder for Oregon in the Pac-12 championship game than Alabama. And then Alabama needs uh, Bedlam to really be Bedlam or for Baylor to get revenge uh, in the Big 12 championship game. And then guess what? Alabama's back in. Alabama is a zombie. you got to kill the head. <laughs> All right? They're not dead until they're dead. Until you see them stop twitching, they're not dead. Keep pumping lead into them. And you know it's so tempting for the folks on that committee to just – Lay back on Alabama be fourth. On Alabama being Alabama. Al- well, Georgia's and, and still going to be fourth in. because they still have you know, they haven't lost. But they're going to lose. But they're going to. What's what happens? Well, now Alabama would be out because Clemson and Ohio State being undefeated, they're locks. But if, if Georgia could beat LSU, I, <laughs> chaos, man. Chaos. Georgia, the SEC might get two teams in here somewhere. They they really have a good chance to do it because if LSU wins wins out. But Alabama wins out, and there's just a little bit more chaos. Alabama's going to get in. But if LSU loses, well, you're definitely getting two then, because you're going to have Georgia and LSU. LSU's not LSU's in. They're in the playoff right now, unless they somehow miraculously lose to Texas A&M. They can't. They couldn't stand two losses. But Alabama could get back into that. I don't know. There's just there's just some ways. They're not dead until they're dead. Until I see the gravestone. All right, I want to see the body. Yeah, it's like in that the Dark Knight Rises where uh, he's dead. Bring me his body. Don't have. He's not dead. <laughs> I got. I got to see the body with Alabama. And the original Halloween. He falls out the window. And yeah. You, you scan down and he's no longer he's there. there. Yeah. He's not dead. That's Alabama. That that Alabama in Michael Myers is a very good uh, analogy. All right. <laughs> They are relentless. They just keep coming. And when There's you, no stopping them. You take their mask off. They're ugly underneath. That's true, too. Yeah. That's true, too. All right. It's Egg Bowl week. It's Egg Bowl week here on Thunder and Lightning. Brian Scott Rippey will join us. Ben Garrett will join us. Maybe somebody else. We might have a little more more than that. We will talk men's basketball on our Tuesday show, however. Yes, we uh, cannot talk about it on today's show because yeah, it is like The final one, game hasn't happened yet. It's like one in the morning and they don't play for another 11 hours. Right, we can talk about the Villanova game, but we'll, we'll put a bow on the whole tournament uh, come uh, Monday, uh, come Tuesday uh, on the podcast. Uh, 
and yeah, everything else Egg Bowl related, we will we will hit it up. Uh, also on Tuesday podcast, we'll talk about whatever Joe Moorhead has to say at his uh, his uh, press conference, and we will put a bow on the picks contest, buddy. It's, it's over, buddy. You you just thought you just thought you saw some beatings this football season. The biggest one I say for Joel Coleman, and I'm not going to be humble about it either. I feel like I just. If I had won by one or two, that's fine. I'm going to win by at, by at least eight. And if yeah. you if you go off on a tangent and start picking these random upsets, I think you should just play it smart and let's just don't make it any worse on yourself. Well, here's the thing, Brian. Mm-hmm. If I lose by one, mm-hmm. or whether I lose by twenty, uh-huh. it all costs the same in the end. Oh, I'm just saying. But if if I end up winning by double digits, it's gonna I, I will I'm gonna claim I'm gonna claim this by the way. This is officially revenge for the 1993 NL West. All right, I have finally avenged Barry Bonds and the 1993 Giants. It took 26 years, but victory is mine. <laughs> and I will, I will, uh, yeah. That's how that's going to go. We'll talk to you guys on Tuesday. We got a little, we got a little respite uh, between now and then. Although for some, it may not feel like it. It may, but for us, it will. It will. Get your mind right. It's Egg Bowl week. For Joel T. Coleman, I'm Brian Haydad. Thanks for listening to Thunder and Lightning on Super Talk Mississippi. You got to keep them separated. A Super Talk Mississippi media production.